Hey, this is Cindy Vargas, and here's my story I'm sharing on the TREP Live podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at SidV. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, and progress over perfection. As we all answer the essential question, who am I? Maybe this response will benefit your mindset. I am a leader. Are you? I'm a supporter of positive change in my generation, and I consistently provide value to myself and others. Stay updated by checking out new episodes of the most eclectic podcast in the world on Wednesdays and Sundays, streaming on all podcast platforms. So I have a brief episode update for you today. Um, I will give you the update. You might be wondering, why am I talking in this accent? Uh, This is my attempt at a British accent for the day because of our very special guest, Billy Porter. So, just so you know, we had some technical difficulties with this episode. And um, it uh, caused us to cut the episode a little short. Um, Those were issues with Anchor. And um, uh, we believe those those have been resolved. So we will continue to have guests as we finalize and wrap up season one of the podcast. I am sorry I'm going in and out. Uh, I had another take. It, it's pretty bad. I, I need to stop. I'm usually better at accents than this, but I don't have it right now. So sorry. But um, just some quick shout outs and updates. Um, shout out to our guest from episode 25, Rudy Byron, who you all know has agreed to come on as our communications uh, director, social media director, manager. Um, I have to check with him and figure out what his official title is. He he decided on a title that he liked, uh, but he's running our Instagram account and that's Trep Life Media. Again, Trep Life Media on Instagram, on IG. We are on the gram. It's official. Um, a lot of great content on there. You get all of our posts, but also other inspirational, motivational content, um, to help you on your entrepreneurial journey. Um. So, yeah, it was just through technical difficulties. That's the reason why the episode with Billy is a little short, but still great content. Really appreciate Billy for coming on and sharing his experience and expertise with us. He's the coach of coaches, and we definitely dive into that and some other fun topics. So really excited for this episode. Um, Season one is wrapping up with 50 episodes, and uh, we have some great things happening um, in between seasons as well. So definitely rock with us. We're right in the middle of, we're flowing right now. The momentum is great and we are in the process of brand building. So check us out on our journey and see how we work. Without further ado, episode 28 with Billy Porter. Hey, Billy Porter here, the coach of coaches, just sharing my story on the Trep Life podcast. Um, if you want to stay connected with me, which I'd really appreciate, if you, you can look me up on LinkedIn or Facebook, they're the places that I'm most active. Um, so it's just Billy Porter, Billy with a Y, um, and just look out for the picture of me wearing a suit. Um, so yeah, I uh, hope you enjoy this podcast. hope you like some of my experiences can inspire you and that there's some kind of advice that you can take and, and apply to your life. Um, so yeah, hope you, hope you enjoy it guys and uh, hopefully connect with some of you on social media too. Billy, do Hello. you have you on the line? Absolutely. Awesome, awesome. Well, this is another episode of the Trap Life podcast. We are honored to have Billy Porter with us. Billy, can you just go ahead and give yourself an introduction? Um, and tell us about a little bit about your background. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, in terms of my uh, entrepreneur journey, uh, I started off in uh, retail management at a big uh, grocery store chain in the UK um, and worked my way up there um, and left when I was about 18 years old from quite a good management position there um, and then found my first uh, ever sales job um, as a real estate agent and fell in love with property and fell in love with sales at the same time um, and they're both passions that I uh, have I still love now 
um, and then work my way up in, in, in within that corporate uh, structure um, until I realized that I didn't really want to work for anyone else anymore. I didn't really like the kind of sales that I was doing, despite the fact that I was doing really well at it. Um, and then decided to quit without looking for another job um, at, um, entrepreneurship which is where I'm at at the moment. So uh, I'm currently helping uh, coaches um, and experts to run their live events and run their like seminars and workshops um, and profit from them. So. so do you consider yourself a coach of coaches or do you consider yourself more of a consultant? Yeah, I would say a coach of coaches. That's a good. Uh, good okay. So what made you decide to help out other coaches rather than just uh being a coach yourself um especially within the events industry in this this country they've become a bit of like a pitch fest um and all just about the selling um and not about kind of offering value to the audience um so there was a real uh like desire for me and my business partner to to change the way that that um that happens um and also through being involved in events and stuff with uh Built a connection with people who are struggling. They're they're putting on events, but they're getting like five, ten people in the room when they they want to be getting forty to fifty. Um, and so, yeah, Air Passion is really working with coaches to get them so that they're like having a thriving business rather than kind of struggling to fill the events. Definitely. Um, so, have you ever done business here in the states? Uh, yeah, I have actually. Um, so uh, the guy who I work with, my business partner, um, uh-huh. he is a licensee for Grant Cardone. Okay. Uh, so we've been over to the States a couple of times to run uh, to run workshops. Um, and we've got some clients at the moment that are based in the States as well. So it makes it, it, makes it difficult to talk on the phone a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, that's no, good. The culture is really different in America, but uh, it's good. Can you kind of walk us through some of those differences in terms of uh, how to do business culturally? Yeah, I think uh, especially sales, like there's such a a big difference between the way it happens in America and the way it happens in this country. I think uh, especially Grant Cardone gets away with a lot of like brash and uh, like brutally honest things that you maybe wouldn't be able to to get away with in the uh, polite and uh, like UK market. Um, so that's, that's the difference for sure. And, uh, I think, I don't know, I think everything's just bigger, a bit bolder and people that are happier to be, um, or more receptive of that, sorry, more receptive of that character. So whenever, whenever I, I've always got a good reception when we've been to America, mainly cause they like the way that I dress and they think it's kind of funny cause I would dress in three piece suits and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, apart from the, um, the differences in just, how how receptive they are to kind of the the brush and the board. I think they'd rather be you be honest, to be honest with you, and get to the point. So I think I think that's it really. Whereas in in the UK, some of the sales conversations are a bit more drawn out, and they, they need a bit more empathy, a bit more politeness and manner. Uh, in America, they'd rather you just got straight to the point and got down to business. How is it in terms of uh, speed? Like, what's the pace like? For in the UK of, versus uh, the states, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, in 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 the coaching thing, I think uh, the the US is definitely like uh, is quicker and the sales cycles um, is quicker too. Um, but I mean, I do do real estate and do property still uh, in the UK, and that that moves really quickly. Um, really, really quickly. So I don't think in, in terms of the real estate stuff, I don't think there's a massive difference, but I think in terms of, uh, yeah, of the transaction from going from like somebody first meeting you to turning them into a client, it's definitely quicker in the US. Okay. So let me uh, take a step back and ask you a question about your transition from going into from retail management into sales what was that process like because that that's a shift going in from you know kind of a corporate climbing mindset into mm. finding a love for sales on a commission basis right yeah yeah commission. Mm. 
Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the big the big shift for me and the reason why I did that was because um, although I was in a good position um, at the retail store, I didn't feel like my performance was uh, rewarded as quickly as I wanted it to be. So we caught, um, six months, every six months or every year, I would have a review of my performance and then I would be uh, considered for a promotion or I would get a pay, pay rise. Whereas the attraction of being a commission salesperson was that um, I was judged directly on my performance and really only my performance. Um, so I knew that I knew I'd, I'd been listening to Grant Cardone before I'd even left the uh, the retail. I've been listening to a lot of sales guys, and I knew that, that the potential that there was in sales. So um, yeah, I took it out really quickly. I'm really like uh, the kind of person who likes to know the mechanics of something, likes to know the the process. Um, so yeah, it was just a case of for me breaking down uh, what sales was and what success in sales looks like, um, and then kind of. Um, going from there, which I did really enjoy, I really just came became obsessed with it. So you were talking about salespeople. Other than Grant Cardone, who who all were you listening to, or who do you listen to now as well? Uh, there's a guy in the UK I really really like called uh, Matt Elwell. Um, okay. So his uh, his style of sales is is really good um, in terms of focusing on pe- what people's problems are and asking great questions really, and not not so much selling the features and benefits, but kind of selling the solution. Um, so that was a real mindset shift for me. And then even uh, Taylor Welch and Chris Evans from the Traffic and Funnels uh, company, which I think is in the US, uh, those guys are really good, especially in terms of like the coach and consultancy sales. Um, those guys are, are awesome. Probably, probably I would say the best at it, if I'm being honest. And how did they how did their influence kind of shape your sales style? Yeah, definitely. So um, to start with, I think I was um, going super hard on um, selling the the features and benefits, like I said, and, and realized and actually talking more uh, than the prospect was. Um, and those guys really, um, really shifted my focus and made me realize that I needed to ask them more questions, first of all, to build rapport and second of all, to realize what the problem it was that I could solve for them. Um, so that was the big shift to go, go from talking less. Um, yeah, to go to talking less, letting the prospect talk more and finding out more information. And then um, that, that really changed my results as well. Okay. So what kind of questions are you asking when you're prospecting? Because I find people struggle with that. Like when you're really trying to start probing and what, what's your process like in terms of, do you just go, do you just ask probing questions at first or do you try to build rapport and then go into the probing questions or are the questions structured where you're able to do both at the same time? Yeah, I would I would say both. I think uh, like a lot of people focus too much on on like um, on like questions like, you know, like where do you live? Have you got a dog and like all this stuff to try and like force rapport, really? And I think um, I don't think that's really uh, productive because I don't think it's any anywhere closer to the um, to the close, really. And uh, although it's it's nice, those like soft facts aren't aren't very helpful for you. So I think you build more rapport by just um, asking good questions about their situation and really kind of uh, empathizing and building a connection with the person. Um, so I mean, for me, it would even be asking questions like, you know, what is what is the biggest challenge that you're having with running your live events at the moment? And then I would just shut up and wait for them to think about it and come back to me with an answer. Um, which is which is pow- which is powerful rather than um, like I said, just talking at them or, or asking questions that don't relate directly to the sale. Because I think people get, especially they, when they know they're speaking to a salesperson, to get to the point. So, so you find that most of the time they want you to get to the sale more quickly and not kind of like foddering around. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So do you feel like you, you've seen or you've heard of or experienced 
misconceptions about salespeople or sales. Oh, for real. For real. I think it's so much worse in the UK than it is in the US. Okay. Like, really? Yeah. Oh, tell us real, about yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, in, in the US, if you tell them you're a salesperson, they give you a high five. But in uh, in the UK, it's really, uh, there's really a bad culture around it, especially uh, estate agents, real estate agents. Um, they've got a really bad reputation, recruitment consultants, um, and uh, even, yeah, even any kind of salesperson, really. Um, I think. Oh yeah, car. Yeah, 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 yeah. Car salesman for real, and then uh, like anything that's kind of like home service related, so home repairs and anything that's got like door knocking and stuff like that. Um, yeah, really bad like reputation ingrained like culturally. So that's like something you've got to be aware of and kind of um, handle. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not good. But that's uh, yeah, it's really something you do have to have to consider, like the the perception that somebody already has of you before um, you've even started talking. If that makes sense. Yeah. That. How do you overcome that? I think just from gen- genuinely caring and showing them that you have a genuine interest in in them and not just chasing the the commission. I think that's the was the change for me of realizing because I mean like I'd got successful from um, because I just knew how to sell, um, but when I when I changed from um, focusing on what I could get out of a transaction to how I could actually be of service to that person and the value that I was adding, um, it, it changed totally because when because you're able to to build a connection with them and build trust so much easier um, when they know that you're just in it, in it for them and in it for what you can do for them. If that makes sense. Okay. So yeah, I I definitely agree with that because I think long term you need to have a rapport with someone. You need to be able to trust them in order for you all to do business effectively, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because especially in uh, in the industry in uh, in a state agency and real estate agency, because um, the the sales cycle is potentially so long between transactions. Because I think in the in the UK, people move houses every like seven years, or maybe a bit less than that. Um, yeah, I think there, it is there's... increasing. It used to be seven years for like uh, car sales, but I think now it's like four or something like that. And then yeah, people yeah. used to only buy like one house, like that was their like lifetime house. You know, maybe they would buy two houses, but mm. um, now I think people move around frequently, so it's yeah, That's and it. it... There's an act because there is so so many years between potentially when you're going to do business with that person next. There there was a tendency to like have like a churn and burn attitude of just uh, getting the most out of that transaction, the most commission possible. Um, but I right. think long term and for your reputation, it doesn't serve you very well at all um, to have that attitude. That's why it's also hard for uh, real estate agents or estate agents in the UK mm. uh, for you to have repeat business with customers like the next time they're looking for real estate or they might not necessarily recommend you even if you had you thought you had a good interaction with them while they were there you know Mm. yeah yeah it it gets difficult uh if if there isn't you know because it's you can follow up with them but it it's harder to sustain that rapport when you have those big, those extensive gaps and when you're actually conducting business with each other. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Able to provide value. So I want to talk to you about another transition in your process. Okay, so when did you go, when were you able to go from being like uh, sales? Because it's different than being a, you would say that it's there's a difference or a distinction between being a salesperson and being an entrepreneur, right? Even though yeah, yeah. You, they can kind of overlap in certain areas, right? So yeah, tell yeah. us about that. Okay, so yeah. So I mean, the the transition to start with wasn't, um, uh, wasn't straight to kind of running my own business. So I ended up um, changing from uh, being a... A salaried salesperson with like commission bonuses to being um, a, a commission only salesperson. So no guaranteed uh, income. It was only really my ability to produce that paid my bills. Um, so that was originally a big transition for me. 
Um, and then I did that for a while uh, quite successfully. Um, but then I realized that I needed to have a business that worked at least work towards uh, the kind of uh, business that works without me. So the sales experience I've had has been so valuable in business too. Um, but I realized by just being a commission only salesperson before I had uh, real estate investments and everything, if I didn't go to work or I didn't pick up that phone call or I didn't, uh, I didn't turn up to my full potential, then, then I wasn't getting paid. So um, that's uh, and I was keen to kind of get something in place, whether that's passive income or um, pe hiring people to help me. Uh, so, yeah. Let me ask you somewhat of a question, changing topics here a little bit. Have you yeah. ever had any experiences with uh, network or multi-level marketing companies? Uh, yeah, I, um, I dabbled for a little while actually, uh, in a company that sells, uh, well two actually a company that sells, uh, CBD products in the UK. Okay. Um, so I, I'd been using CBD myself and, uh, ended up that a friend started a CBD company. So I helped him. Um, and that turned into like a multi-level marketing kind of, uh, situation where I had people below me that were helping. Um, so that was cool. Um, that was, that uh, only reason I, I did that was because it was a really good product. It was like one of the first in the UK to be importing it from, uh, from the U S so the quality was so okay. much better than the market in the UK. Um, and then the other one is, it's a company called utility warehouse. I don't think they have that have them in America, but, um, it's basically like a company that helps people with, um, uh, they're like household bills, so you know, like electric, gas, um, Wi-Fi, all that stuff, and it just packages it into like one, um, like bundles it together into just one payment, so it's easier for people, and it normally saves them money. Um, so I still do that a little bit, but but not so much really, not so much focus on it. Okay, and what did you like and what did you dislike about network marketing? Um, I liked the. Um, fact that I was connecting with like-minded people um, and that everybody's kind of on the same mission I like that um, I think it forced me out of my comfort zone to start to sell to friends and family which I'd kind of had a bit of a block about engaging in that um, so that that helped um, but yeah the negatives I think I don't know I think pressure on your family in hindsight is not great and the fact that that's promoted uh, is probably not great. Um, and I think I don't. I'm, uh, the company I was in wasn't like that, but I think there are some where it's not necessarily a pyramid scheme, but it's not far from it. Where there's more incentive to um, to build a downline and to to like uh, to recruit people than to actually sell the products. And when there's more of an incentive to recruit than to sell the products, like I feel like that's that's a bad place to be in. Right. So, tell us some, uh, like, influential books that you've read. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a good subject. I, um, yeah, so, the, the first book was probably, uh, I read uh, Napoleon Hill's uh, Seven Magical Letters of Success. I think is a, an adaption of uh, Think and Grow Rich. Okay. You've probably heard of. Um, so and then the Rich version, the abridged version. It's just uh, I read Think and Grow Rich originally, but this book is, is I think it's uh, says it's like a 21st century version or something. So I think it's just slightly okay. rewritten. Some of the language has changed, um, okay. but that was that was good. Like the way that that was written, I thought was better than Think and Grow Rich. That's why I mentioned it. Um, and then um, Rich Dad Poor Dad by uh, Robert Kiyosaki was was crucial, um, and then. Yeah, I think after that, uh, I read Sell or Be Sold, which changed my attitude. First book I ever read as a salesperson. Um, so that was good. Um, but yeah, more recently, I think um, there's, there's, a, there's a book that I read on spirituality actually called The Celestine Prophecy, um, which was super crucial for my um, spiritual growth. So not necessarily business or sales. Um, but yeah, that was no, a powerful book. Tell us about that. Tell us more about that spiritual side of in the book yeah. itself. 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, um, it, it's more of a, it, it covers quite a lot of topics, really. It covers like parenting, um, your relationship with other people, um, a relationship with the divine, whatever, uh, whatever you categorize that as. Um, it's not necessarily like a, a religious book, but um, yeah, it really uh, made me uh, definitely get more better understanding of myself, uh, work through some uh, like childhood uh, trauma or like things that I was holding on from my past um, and yeah and it, it, it basically like a kind of energy uh, between people and an energy that just like exists in the universe and I think that was a big uh, learning for me really in the way that people interact and it says that the uh, the reason for conflict is everybody's in like a battle uh, to get energy from each other and we're just centered and we've got our own source uh, that doesn't happen anymore so yeah, oh. there's um I'm probably not explaining it very well, but there is some powerful concepts in there. So I'd um and give definitely us that recommend title people one more time. Celestine Prophecy. So it's C E L E S T I N E and then Prophecy. Okay. I'll have to check that one out. It sounds very interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. So you're a busy you're a busy entrepreneur, busy sales guy. Yeah. How do you how do you stay productive one not burn out and how do you recharge yeah that's a that's a good question um definitely book that i read that was really powerful for me was uh, high performance habits by brendan bouchard um because before that i'd been just doing on well not 18 hours but 16 hour days not taking weekends um and i was pretty much not i was pretty much and, uh, and not really being that at my output um, so prioritizing I think is a huge thing because um, there's a question that uh, that he asked in the book which I think is really powerful for people is um, are you doing busy work or are you doing your life's work um, so that got me to realize like what what tasks am I doing that's actually taking me in the direction I want to go um, and drop drop it dropped everything else out um, and, but in terms of recharging, I like to get, get out, uh, into nature. That's a big, big, big one for me. Um, meditation and mindfulness has been a big, big one to help me recharge. But physical activity is, is huge. It's so huge to my mood and to like my productivity as well. So when you get out of nature, what does that look like for you? Hiking, bike riding, what is yeah, I mean the the office that I work work at at the moment is is uh, on a place called Green Park in Renan, and uh, it's um, they've kept all the nature around the offices. So even if I walk like a minute from um, where I'm sat now, it's um, there's like a walk through the forest kind of thing, and there's a river. Yeah, but yeah, other than that, hiking, uh, ru- going for runs, anything like that. Okay, and. Tell us about, or give us some, give us like three pieces of advice or tips that you would give to a salesperson just starting off. Cool. Just starting off. Uh, well, the first thing I would be, uh, I, I would say is to make sure that you're uh, working for a company that's congruent with your like beliefs and values and that you're selling something that you believe in too. Um, because that's so so crucial for for your long term success. I think um, I realised that the hard way from selling something I didn't believe in for a while, but doing it well. Um, so that'd be my first tip. Uh, second of all, work on your craft every day. So I would say role play every day. Do some at least in half an hour to an hour of training every morning, um, and just go all in on perfecting the craft. Um, don't just. It's the difference between just being an amateur salesperson and being a professional. It's just working on your craft every day. Um, and the third one would I would say is make sure that you're selling from the heart and that you um, build connections with people. And build, no matter what business you're in, you're in the people business. Um, so yeah, really, really work on just selling from the heart, man. Man, I love those three. All right, I'm gonna need three more for you. That it, pieces of advice that you would give to entrepreneurs who are just starting. Entrepreneurs that are just uh, 
get get a mentor would be the first one for real um or a coach uh somebody who uh is further than you and can give you advice uh, and guidance because it can feel like um it can be chaotic at times so it's important to have that voice of reason and uh, have some to guide you along the way and especially when you're taking risks and um and pushing forward and thinking big uh, you need somebody who's been there before and uh, so that'd be my first one uh, the second one be uh, along the lines that we talked about but just make sure that you're managing yourself so um, that was a big big thing for me like when I didn't have the structure of a job anymore no one told me where to be when um, you have to build your own structure and I, it's not healthy to just decide to do 16 hour days seven days a week you do need to build you can't be productive for that amount of time you need to build in to your routine uh, on your health stuff to work on your like activities to work on your spirituality um and just and in time with your family because even that's such valuable time um a lot of people think they get get stuck in a in a rut where they're just uh they're just constantly pushing and really think like when i get to this point then i'll start spending more time with my family or i'll start enjoying myself but it's better to just do it now um and then the third thing i would say is um work on pushing into fear every time every time something scares you or uh you get scared of rejection or you get scared of failure just just run towards it because uh the times that i've grown um in my journey of entrepreneurship have always been times that i've uh, pushed into uh activities and stuff that's made me scared so even when i did public speaking for the hell out of me um but that was my cue that i knew i needed to do it uh the first time I took a sales meeting with a like um, multi-million pound, like uh, I was scared, but I knew it was the right thing to do. Um, so yeah, just run it fair, head on. Head on, head on. That's the only way to do it or else you're going to succumb to it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I have a few more questions for you. Um, you said coach or mentor. How do you make? How do you distinguish between the two? Okay, so I I would say a mentor is uh, somebody who can give you like strategic advice, um, strategy um, that's been there before, has like great expertise in that area, and then a coach I would say is somebody more to keep you accountable. So more on like a micro level, like I would say the mentor is more macro, like. Uh, guidance of your business and or or in that area um and then the the coaches to keep you accountable so they might not even be somebody that's a, a super expert but they're they're internal for accountable for the goals that you've set and the tasks that you need to um and stuff like that are there people that you work with as a mentor that you don't work with as a coach Uh, yeah, as in people that, yeah, so, what, as in mentors that I pay for, right, or? Or, no, or people that you may mentor, but you're not necessarily going to be their coach. Yeah, yeah, there are, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so I would, like, I'll give them, I'll give them strategic advice, and we'll have, like, a meeting, maybe over their business plan, and, um, and, yeah, and they'll they'll maybe they'll watch me closely. I think that's the big thing. Like whenever I look at a mentor, I like watching what they're doing and modeling their moves and and learning from them like that. It's not necessarily somebody that I just uh, that I just have to be given information from. I'm watching for it as well. Um, so yeah, there's there's people like that 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 I don't uh, I don't coach per se, but that tour I would say. Okay, definitely like that so you're you're becoming more into um putting yourself out there in the public eye why is that uh because uh money follows attention I it off for a long time um like working on my social media but in terms of uh branding it's super important um and in terms of business as well it's super important um, long term, like uh, the re- the reason people put it off is because it's not, um, it doesn't give you much instant gratification. Long term play, um, but 
yeah I've seen the importance of it I'm glad I realized so early because I know a lot of people that go get a lot further down the line before they realize um how crucial it is to um to establish that so through like speaking engagements like being active on LinkedIn and, and Facebook you're reaching so many more people so many more people and what's been that uh surprise for you when you're increasing your social media presence what's what say, would you just repeat that again oh i'm sorry so what's been like something that you didn't anticipate that you've discovered uh, or feedback that you've received as you increase your social media presence i think i didn't expect to get uh hate really um but it is happening uh, really but it's all part of it yeah yeah I, I mean i guess people just you know they they find something to hate about but your content is so uh like vulnerable and genuine that i don't see how someone could hate on that yeah like, i know i, I kind like, of feel yeah, I know. There's been there's been a couple of posts that uh that have been a bit more polarizing than maybe the ones that you've seen. Uh and there've been some people that have responded to that. Um but yeah, I don't know. I think I mean even people that I've known in the past, I think they don't like to see people having success or um well, that's my perception of it. They don't like it. So yeah, there's been some hate but dealing with it, letting it be uh fuel for the fire. Okay, well, show me some of these more uh, po polarizing uh, posts. Like, talk to me about those really quickly because I haven't seen anything from you like that. Oh, cool. There's a, there's a particular one that I said. I mean, uh, along the same lines, like, uh, it's not it's not a long-term a long -term thing, but I think, like, uh, having something that you hate or something that you want to change about your, like, industry, like the, what I touched on earlier about wanting to change the way that the events are run in this country. Right. Um, so I, ma I made a post about basically, it, like, if you don't have something that you hate and something that, like, you feel like a deep desire to change that, that and how basically the importance of that, uh, I think a lot of people responded it, to it saying, like, you shouldn't have hate in your heart and, you, and all this stuff. I got some private messages as well like the post um i appreciate that that hating something is probably a short-term fuel but uh i think it is important to have a desire to change something and a desire to to help people at the end of the day um, so and then i did issuing a challenge and people responded to it a certain way yeah 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 definitely yeah, yeah i think but then i think people, some people didn't agree with it but then maybe that's why they're i yeah if they're being reactive to it i think there's something there that it's touching they're touching a nerve for them so um yeah and then the other thing as well i did another i did another post on uh, spirituality uh in business and how i think the two are intertwined a few people that commented on that saying that uh that the two should be kept separate and uh i think i saw that and that one, they yeah. don't agree yeah no so, I, yeah. I agree with you i think it all goes back to alignment mind body mm. soul you know so yeah, absolutely. There's so much. I mean, even yeah, even if you just look at like the law of attraction. I mean, even if you take in a hundred percent accountability for stuff, that then you're like accepting that um, that you have the power to change your experience and your environment. So even that's kind of like a spiritual principle. That's kind of like one and the same in that. Um, but I think some people just don't didn't like it. So. Okay, that's. Yeah, and you're always going to receive feedback from social media, good, bad, or indifferent, right? So the one thing yeah. you don't want is no one to say anything, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I'd rather people post it. At least it's it's more attention and it's more and people talking about it. So, yeah, it's good. It's all good. Yeah, I'd be more worried if the, if the post got no likes, no comments. <laughs> right. Uh, I'd rather it had hate than nothing. So, yeah, you're right. So take us through your opportunity evaluation process. Like how do you look at what's next for you, what you want to be involved in and things of the like? Yeah. I mean, th there's um, a big transition for me because uh, when I first started with, with my entrepreneurship journey, I pretty much said yes to every opportunity, which was kind of um, what I alluded to with the network marketing stuff. I just basically said yes to everything that was offered to me. And for a while that was good and it got me out there. Um, 
sentences. Um, but then I got to the point where I had so much on my plate, I needed to start saying no to stuff and I needed to start um, cutting out the stuff that wasn't as productive financially um, or wasn't something that I believed in. Um, so now, I mean, really, fo I really like to focus on like one or two things at a time, really. So at the moment, the coaching business is taking pretty much 80% of my time and energy and resources. And then the property stuff is that I'm doing is kind of 20% in the background as well, because I've got some automation there. Um, but yeah, going, going forwards um, with, with people, I, I, there are some like joint ventures that I've done with people and I continue to do that uh, in both arenas, um, assessing the, the scale of opportunity. I, this is a, a quote that I saw recently, actually, and I, I, like it just resonated, resonated with me a lot. Like uh, an opportunity is worth so much to more than more to me than money. So uh, I would say, especially at my age, I mean, I'm, I'm 23, so I'd much rather have an opportunity than, something that's like really financially attractive if that makes sense right so i just sit yeah i'd assess it from from that point of view rather rather than because i mean i've had great offers for, for for huge amounts of money for both like contractual work and also for me to go back into a job um but i, I have to look at the scale of opportunity within that and where, where how much i can grow wow so like really you've only been on your entrepreneurial journey for about five years now huh Mm, yeah and and you you're in, you've been involved in so many different things so it's how would you kind of do you ever take time and reflect on that because it, it it's been a short time really but you've done so much within that period of time yeah absolutely um yeah i do, I do reflect on it i mean i've i've had some really good mentors i still do have really good mentors i think my growth has been accelerated by just my mindset and my like how much I've, I've strived for, uh, for greatness and strive for success. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I probably don't do it as much as I should I do have gratitude for kind of the, the experiences that I've already had and the ones that I know I'll have going forward. Um, but yeah, I mean, especially even still now, like, I mean, as the as the business like that we're doing at the moment ramps up a bit, it will slightly change. But I've always just chased things for the opportunity, chased things for uh, the growth and the knowledge. Um, over the the time that I've been an entrepreneur, it's never been about the money. So, um, yeah, I feel like I've learned so much, um, been experienced so much, um, even in, in even in a short time, like you said. But it's been been super crucial for my growth. Yeah. You know, it's it's not about the length of time, but it's about the experiences. And you've mm. done a lot, and I had a lot of impact and influenced others and been influenced by others. So, yeah, I just want to salute you. Um, what a journey it's been so far. So, what yeah. do you think is next for you? Yeah, I think I think definitely I want to do this year are around my personal brand really um within within the company uh and kind of it, it, with the property stuff as well because i hadn't really been um ex it, that's not really on social media at the moment so yeah i think over this year just need like capitalize on linkedin and on on facebook and uh really grow my personal brand on there and get my name out there a lot more that's a big goal for me this year and then just ramp up this business uh the st strategic success so events um there's quite a few people that we're working with already but i really want to get it to the point where it's like recognized on a much bigger scale okay and i i wanted to touch on i, th I think you're well on your way to doing all of that um i see like post after post everything is increasing for you so um mm. I, th I think you're finishing 2019 off strong so I really like that momentum that you have right now. So keep that going. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Um, so some of your posts, like I said, are vulnerable, you know, where you talked about battling depression, mm -hmm. uh, but you're also a leader. So how do you balance the vulnerability with um, your leadership style? Yeah, that's a good one. Um, yeah, I mean, the more, the more I've learned is like, 
so important to be like authentically that's part of me like like I like kind of said in the post like this for for so long I just covered it up and kind of tried to uh, plow on without it but I'm really just like denying a part that of my I'm guilty of that as well so yeah we're the same boat Mm, yeah yeah so I felt I felt like I wasn't being like 100 I was probably 90% authentic to my um so especially with my leadership style now I just try to be like unapologetically myself um just inspire that in others really and influence others um but yeah a big uh, in terms of my leadership a big uh a big uh changing point for me was i don't know if you ever heard of a disc assessment yeah uh, it's like a personality profile um yeah. so when i when i, I when haven't I, done one yet you recommend those though oh yeah absolutely yeah it, so yeah. it made me realize that like some activities and some behaviors that i was exhibiting weren't necessarily my um natural ones so it, it give me give me great perspective on uh how i can uh, use my natural style as a leadership style as well and just be totally like natural to myself I'm not trying to be something that i'm not um and just take advantage of my strengths where do you think that comes from sometimes like when we are when we're our styles or what we're doing our actions aren't always congruent with who we really are do you think that comes from society or emulation or influences where do you think that comes from um i think yeah i think an element of it is is the your upbringing i think um you tend to try and push against um the the way the way you grew up um and strive to kind of change change yourself um so that can be be an experience but i think for anybody it's just a learning experience um so yeah i think more, like the influencer and the expert industry is kind of uh play a, a role on that with people like going after the lamborghini watches and cars and stuff like that i think that is often a big cause of people and social media being a big cause of people acting a certain way it's not necessarily how they would naturally act but I think it's just a learning process of like as you go through life of just learning more about, about who you are and uh and what's important to you and that really those material things uh aren't part of who you are. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Um so you you touched on this earlier, but I wanna kind of close this out with this. Um when you said your life's work versus busy work, mm. how do you make those distinctions? Is it a hard yeah. process or is it, does it come easy to you now or what, what's, what goes on with that? Yeah. Because, so another thing I picked up from high performance habits actually. So he um, is basically defining what your five um, productive puts are. So like what, what are the five things that I can do that are moving me closer to where I um, but I think there's two elements of that. There's what I said about defining what, what are the outputs that uh, that are crucial and are productive for you and then actually having a vision of where you want to be as an end goal, how you want your life to look like, how you want to feel. Such a big thing for me, like in terms of manifesting what uh, what I've desired, it's always been like linking a feeling and a, um, to it, link, linking a how, my vision of how I want, want everything to be. And because if you don't know, if you don't know where you're going, how do you know if the, the activities you're doing day to day are getting you any closer or not? Right. So making sure all those are in alignment. Definitely. Yeah. And having, having, I think having a clear mission as well. I mean, like, uh, helping, helping, um, with mental health awareness and with, um, removing the stigma is, is a big, big mission for me. So a lot of, uh, the stuff that I do in my own time is around uh, pushing me closer to that. Um, and then also the mission that I've got, like I said, about changing the events industry and lives who are wanting to run live business um, is a real mission too. So having that in the background of everything is uh, is so, so important. Definitely. Well, I definitely want to have a conversation with you off podcast about um, the event industry and your thoughts on that. Um, but do you have any 
closing remarks for us? Do you have any questions for me as we get out of here? Uh, nah, I think that's all good. I think uh, what is uh, I think uh, there's a really good question that I've been uh, I've been asking myself this week, uh, which okay. is from a book that I read too. Um, and I'd like to share that. So it's basically about asking yourself uh, whenever you sit down at your desk or, or whenever you start um, your day, um, asking yourself who needs you on your A game the most. So when you externalize that, um, that motivation and you realize like whether, whether it's a family member, whether it's somebody that you work with, whether it's uh, a colleague, a friend, whoever, whoever it is, uh, just realizing, like, who, who, apart from yourself, who else needs you on your A game the most right now? Definitely. Well, what book is that from? Uh, I, that. I don't know about that one actually. I had it written down in my. Uh, I write down quotes most weeks, so I don't know. Okay. Sorry about that, but. Oh no problem. If you if it comes to mind, just message to me, and I'll I'll work it in. But yeah. Well, I thank you for joining us on the podcast. Um, I'd love to have you back on the podcast, you know, maybe six months from now or something like that to check back in with you and see what's new with you and your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I may appreciate it. And uh, we wish you peace, prosperity, and perspective uh, on your journey from the Trap Life podcast. Thank you. All right. And to the audience, peace out. We're out. Live with Billy Porter. Welcome to the Trapwide Podcast. We will dive into the immersive worlds of entrepreneurship, empowerment, and empathy with an emphasis of hip-hop culture. All of these concepts will be dissected and connected via a historic lens. Prepare for an engaging transformation. Just as a friendly reminder, if you are experiencing value and insight from Trap Life, support the movement by liking, subscribing, and sharing the podcast. Writing reviews, blogging are also other ways you can show love to our Trap Life podcast. You are instrumental in our impact and influence on the world. Here at Trap Life, we wish you peace and vision on your journey. Hey, Billy Porter here, the coach of coaches, and here's my story that I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast today. I hope everybody enjoys it. Um, if you want to get connected on uh, social media, LinkedIn and Facebook uh, are the two I'm most active on. So if you just search Billy Porter and look out for the picture of me uh, in my suit, um, then we can get connected on there. That'd be really awesome. I uh, hope you guys enjoy the advice that we're sharing and the discussion that we have um, and that you find it, find it awesome um, and valuable. Um, so, yeah, hopefully get connected with some of you and have a chat. Um, enjoy. Hey, this is Sierra Nicole, and here's my story I'm sharing on the Trep Life podcast. Let's stay connected. Follow me on Instagram at Sierra Nicole Invests, or you can find me on Facebook at Sierra Nicole. I hope my experiences inspire you. And remember, dreams over doubt, focus over frustration, progress over perfection, dedication over distraction and legacy over lost time. I am an entrepreneur. I am a leader. I am the power of empowerment. I am the lady of leverage. I am a Trep star.